you're watching a Facts with Fiona media production. This episode of Facts with Fiona is brought to you by Anchor, podcasting made easy from Spotify. Everyone has something to say, a story to tell, so let's talk. Everything about starting a podcast? Look no further than Anchor by Spotify, by far the easiest way to make a podcast. Create and distribute your podcast for free with Anchor. Record from anywhere, monetize your podcast, and distribute to all major listening platforms with one-click distribution. All for free. So you can be on the beach in Cabo recording your next episode. Download Anchor today and start recording. Say it all with Anchor by Spotify. Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the seventh episode of Facts with Fiona. I'm your host, Fiona Moriarty, and this is Inside the Dream. I am honored to introduce my next guest, evangelist Dr. Alveda King, best-selling author, activist, filmmaker, former state representative in the Georgia House of Representatives, and host of Alveda King's House on Fox Nation. As the daughter of the late civil rights activist Reverend A.D. King and the niece of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Alveda carries on the legacy of one of America's most influential families. She's from Atlanta, Georgia, and serves as the chair of the Center for the American Dream at the America First Policy Institute. Dr. King is also a former college professor, a presidential appointee, and the 2021 recipient of the Presidential Lifetime Achievement Award. We sit down for an exclusive one-on-one interview with Dr. King. She gives us an exclusive look at what it was like growing up in the American South in the 1960s, the birth of the civil rights movement, incorporating Jesus Christ back into society, and her life's work fighting for the sanctity and dignity of all life, from the womb to the tomb. I caught up with Alvita to discuss her life carrying on the King family legacy and her work today. Let's go to that conversation. Good morning, Alvita. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining the program today. I'm honored you're here sitting down with me. So what was it like growing up in Atlanta and the American South in the 1960s? Well, I grew up in the 1960s. I was born in 1951. I'm 71 years old here in 2022. So if we go all the way back to the 60s, of course, there was still segregation, especially in the South, not so much in the North. And so I grew up in a segregated South and became a grown woman. I got married in 1969. So with the uh, racial tensions, for example, people not understanding that there's only one human race, that they're not separate races, we are one blood. There was a lot of anarchy and many problems during the 1960s. However, I was born into something called the King family legacy, the same family that birthed Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yes. And so we were taught to love, to forgive, to consider ourselves equal with all human beings and that type of life. That's amazing. So how did your upbringing inform the issues that you're most passionate about today? Today, I care about life from the womb to the tomb. That's little babies in the womb. They're still human beings, absolutely. And when they're born, they should have good education good nurturing environments and that kind of things. And when human beings grow up, we should be successful and productive, especially if we're living in America, one nation under God, 
yes. the pursuit of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I believe that the way that I was taught and raised in a Christian family with Christian preachers helped me to become a Christian evangelist today. Also, I am a Christian entertainer and media personality. And I use all of those gifts to promote uh, peace, joy, uh, Christian principles, absolutely. And if people are not Christian, that means I, I love them, you know, and get along with them as well. Of course. So you're the founder of Speak for Life and, you know, you're fighting for the sanctity and dignity of all life from the womb to the tomb. I know this is your life's work. Just last week, the Texas, I think it was on Friday, the Texas Supreme Court effectively shut down a federal challenge to the state's new ban on abortion. Do you think this is hopeful news for preserving life? There is so much news that is hopeful for preserving life. I'm a member of a group called Optimist International. We see the glass half full instead of half empty. Yes. And so I see that in America, I say that we are still a Christian nation. There are many Christians still here. I say that we are a pro-life nation. Most people, over 50% agree that we should not harm or bring hurt or pain to those in the womb. So yes. we may divide on some other, split hairs on some other things, but certainly we want human dignity. So what's happening in Texas with the heartbeat bill and they're able to hold that. I believe that Florida now has passed the heartbeat bill. Georgia has one that is still in consideration. So as we continue with this particular agenda, teaching people that all life from the womb to the tomb is sacred. Human life is very, very sacred. And as long as we hold that truth to be self-evident that all people, men and women created equal in the womb, we should do better with human dignity, with one blood, one human race. There is a critical race. It's called the human race, yes. regardless of skin color. So these are principles that I hold very closely to my heart, and I'm happy to talk with you about those today. So what do you think about, for me, growing up in Santa Monica, California, which was a very liberal environment, they actually had Planned Parenthood come into the schools and market themselves to the students as, you know, an accessible resource for abortion and contraception. What do you think about that? Do you think there are alternative programs that should be marketed to like kids? I mean, I was only in ninth grade, so I think that's yeah. pretty inappropriate. What do you think about, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood marketing themselves to young teens? And do you think there should be, you know, alternative programming to that? Several years ago, I was speaking in California and the schools there at that particular time told the students, well, if you go to hear this woman speak, you're going to get an F in your class. Oh, wow. And so uh, it, a pro-life club had invited me there and the school had it. It was an after-school club. Yes. But the children were banned from coming. This little girl said, I'd rather have an F and I'm going to hear her speak. And she told me, she says, there is a, you can go to the nurse's office and if you're pregnant, they could take you to get you an abortion and not even tell your parents. I was shocked. Yes. And of course, all of this is still going on today. So I think it's very important. As a matter of fact, there's a friend of mine, she's an attorney now, but she wrote a paper when she was in school and she wrote it well and thoroughly. And the professor gave her an F. And so 
they put all the A papers up on the board. So she fought it. She says, I want my F paper up on the board in the hall for everybody and people yes. would read it. So I'm saying whether you're in a liberal or a conservative environment, whether things are hostile or not, put your message out in such a positive, compelling way that when people see it, they'll run with it. You know, there's, there's a scripture, write the vision and make it plain so that those who read it will run with it. So yes. if we give our messages well in a compelling, uh, passionate, but friendly way, life affirming way, people will actually listen. It will change the culture. It will push the needle. Yes, I completely agree. So how do you think the American government and has moved away from prayer and God towards a secular society? Our American government is doing what the leaders that we elect let it do. And so if you have leaders in the office who say prayer is not important, abortion is good, little children can cut off body parts and you can't stop them if they don't want those body parts. And, you know, not telling the little children when they grow up, they won't grow back. So kids don't get their fingernails grow back, right? So they break a fingernail, it grows back, but that won't grow back. So I believe that as we continue in this day and time, if our messages are not compelling enough, then that will be a problem. But I have hope because say your podcast, and you just finished college. I'm 71. You're still young. <laughs> so in every generation, you're, my, you're a leader too. You're my leader. Thank you're you so much. Today. Yeah. So every generation and now every decade, we have to have true messages coming forth so that people can sit and consider those. And they will, you know, who wants to be a miserable, sad, broken person? Everybody wants a joyous life. Yeah. I know that's such an honor coming from you. Um, I really appreciate that. So how do you think also in, we can incorporate religion back into schools? Well, not religion back in school, so God. much as Christ, Christ, as God back in schools. Right now, it is still legal for schools to have clubs after school that yeah. will have Christianity, various other religious aspects. Somebody called one day and I went on the news, there was a new satan club in new york i says well do you have a christian club you open the christian club you can try to shut down satan school or you could open a christian club and everybody yes. will do what happened on mars hill burn all the witchcraft and you know come to the light so we have to shine the light that's what we have to do what do you think about critical race theory in schools do you think it's promoting a division Critical race theory, in my opinion, that means there's one blood and one human race. And so there's no superior race. Critical race theory evolves around the argument from Charles Darwin, Adolf Hitler, people like Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, thinking yes. that there is a superior race called the Aryan race with the blonde hair and the blue eyes and, and all of that. So we should teach that critical race theory is Marxist. It is socialist. It is designed to divide us. Now that should be taught in schools, really. When you yes. have a history book, if you got to teach about Margaret Sanger school, say that she was responsible for starting an organization that's killed over 60 million babies over a period of time. So I don't have a problem with the truth being taught. So if they're going to tell the truth about critical race theory, that everybody's created equal, we're one blood regardless of skin color, any other principle that tells you there's a superior race is wrong. I don't have a problem with teaching that in school at all. 
Exactly. So how do you feel the modern social justice movement has changed since your uncle, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, fathered the civil rights movement in the 1960s? Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., a very imperfect man. My daddy, his brother, Reverend A.D. King, my granddaddy, Daddy King. Me today as a Christian evangelist. Very imperfect people yes. who love and serve a perfect God. So if my uncle were here today, people always say, well, what would he say? What would he do? I say, read his words. You know, the words are still here, just like Abraham Lincoln's Gettysburg addresses still here. So read Martin Luther King Jr.'s word. Whereas injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. When yes. we learn to value the human personality, we won't kill anybody. And so he talked about even for life, for example, he said the Negro cannot win if he's willing to sacrifice the futures of his children for immediate personal comfort and safety. So when we understand his real genuine words and not something that somebody else wrote for him or said for him, that's how the Margaret Sanger Award, he did from Planned Parenthood, he didn't accept that. His wife no. read a speech that somebody else had written and the secretary wrote a thank you note. It sounds nothing like Martin Luther King. Nothing like that speech does not sound like him. So let's read his words and his words were inspired by the word of God. Do you think that BLM defied the positive message your uncle and your father, A.D. King, were spreading? The Black Lives Matter movement is okay. It's, it's all, since all life matters, since God's love matters, a movement that says, well, pay attention to me too. You've overlooked me or mistreated me. See me, hear me. That's okay. But the Black Lives Matter organization, where many people sent money to, thinking they were supporting, supporting uh, the end of racial discrimination. They sent it to an organization. The founder was out buying real estate, personal real estate with those millions of dollars. In that California, came in. yep. Yes, yeah, so the movement is, is good, is okay. It's like any other movement. And, uh, you know, St. Patrick's Day, for example, people have a big thing and all of that. So many movements are fine and recognizing ethnicity is okay. It's not race anyway, it's ethnicity. But when you have an organization that divides people and has people bombing and breaking and burning their properties and fighting each other and tearing down statues, that is not the intent of any person of goodwill. No, it's not. And it's definitely not the intent for bettering Black Americans. Do you think that BLM did more harm than good? Or do you think they actually did some bettering of Black Americans? Well, Black Lives Matter organization did not do any good much at all. I have had those kinds of intrusions in my life throughout my own lifetime, 71 years. So agitators who use violence and hatred to deliver a message that is never really helpful. No. Maybe if there was anything, if I want to look at it in an opt optimist optimistic way, they brought attention to us, we're still here and how much work we have to do in proclaiming love, peace, justice, happiness, joy. We have our work cut out for us. So if it opened our eyes to make us consider that and to stir us up again, I think it did that. So you're the chairman of the Center for the American Dream at the America First Policy Institute. Can you tell us more about that organization and what the American Dream means to you? AFPI says America first, not America only. Looking at every aspect and act 
avenue in our lives here in America and working to improve all of those areas. The American dream, the center for the American dream is founded on the principle that all human beings are created equal. Human dignity is important from the womb to the tomb. And that as we put America first and we continue to grow and heal and shine, we will be a light to the world. And you've said that the children are our present, not just our future. What is the key message you would like to relay to the next generation? For every generation, each generation, every child born has an opportunity to contribute to his or her society. This is the way of life. You hear me quote the Bible a lot, but I like the story of the Lion King as well, the mm -hmm. circle of life. So as children are born and grow and mature, and deliver the message of the young. It's the responsibility of people my age to meet them. And as we are running that relay, and as I pass the torch, which I've already done, and now have become more a mentor, even though I have my own voice. As a mentor with the young, and we run along in the race, as long as we regard, respect, listen to, communicate with each other, and work together, we will continue to be blessings to humanity. What motivated you to pursue a life of service? I was born into a life of service in 1951 on January 22nd. My grandfather had encouraged my mother not to abort me, and she did not. I was born to serve, to love, to forgive. I've been taught that, and I hope that I am sharing that same message with others as I go along this journey. So Alvita, you're a Christian entertainer. Can you tell us a little bit about the films you're working on now? Well, interestingly enough, I have been an executive producer on two movies recently, and that's Roe v. Wade and Systemic Deception. I appear in both of those films. One's a documentary, one's a docudrama. And I am a Christian entertainer for many, many years, songwriter, actress, I used to be what was called a triple threat. You do all of those kinds of things. Yes. I still do a little bit now, but I'm more of a producer. And I'm an author, have books out on the shelves or on, you know, you can Google and find my books and my work like that. Yeah, you have like over seven aspect, books, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Alveda King's House for Fox Nation. On Fox Nation, yes. Yeah, and I'm a TV personality. So I believe that People will receive messages in many, many ways. And sometimes if you can do it in a way that leaves them with hope and a smile, and that's some of my goals as a Christian entertainer, that's, I like to do that. That's amazing. And you also have some songs out. Could you tell yeah. us a little bit about those? Well, I did Your Way, Yahweh with Kathy Lee Gifford. I wrote it and we were singing that one. Oh, wow. And then there's a song, Paths, P-A-T-H-S, Paths of Righteousness, that my son wrote. And it's out there, too. You can kind of Google and look for Alveda King, Paths of Righteousness, Alveda King, Your Way, Yahweh. Okay, great. And then we can find all of your social medias at Alveda C. King. Alveda C. King. And check alvedaking.com for some of the other information. Okay, yeah. great. So that's Alveda C. King on Twitter, Instagram, yeah. Facebook, and then uh -huh. alvedaking.com. Yeah. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Alvita. I really appreciate you joining the program. And thank you so much for inspiring the next generation of Americans to preserve life and to preserve American liberty and justice for all. This is an honor. I mean, honestly, your work, 
your family's work. America wouldn't be the America it is today without the work that your family did. And I really appreciate you coming on the program and continuing the message of the dream. So thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Facts with Fiona. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. And for more behind-the-scenes footage of the show, visit us at factswithfiona.com and follow me at Fiona Moriarty on Instagram and Facts with Fiona on Twitter. See you next week. Thank you.